The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Hi, I'm Megan Huffman. I'm Gary Huffman. And we've been coming to Lifehouse for about eight or nine years now. We started at the theater before kids. We both were very passionate about our career. Uh, loved helping others. Meg had the idea she wanted a house full of children. We negotiated uh, from a house full to six mm-hmm. down to four. We stopped at three when we realized when the third child was born, she had a medical condition and we found out the other two kids did too. We have three kids with a rare disease that every 12 weeks are in Philadelphia Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. I learned how to advocate and how to trust God and how to take on more than I thought I could. Meg's dream has always continued to be, hey, I want more children. One way of being able to get more children and not actually have our own children, you know, be affected at all was maybe see if we can help some other people on a temporary basis and try fostering to try to give them a stable environment, a good home. But um, we had a lot of uh, concerns of the experience and whether it would be behaviors or you know some of the bad things that might be coming you know into our household we definitely thought we didn't have the time or we didn't have the finances we didn't have you know the facilities is it going to mess up our life we thought we couldn't do it what are you willing to do to feel safe and comfortable how many freedoms would you be willing to give up in order to feel safe and comfortable And then what would it take for you to give up that safety and that comfort? I mean, that's what we just heard from uh, Gary and Megan Hoffman is them struggling with feeling like they need to give up safety and comfort for something bigger than themselves. I, I know that wrestle because Laura and I and our family, we went through that wrestling experience and, and honestly, very deeply for me. I felt a prompting that our family should get involved in foster care in our own community. But I wrestled with that. I can distinctly remember laying in bed one night, wrestling in my own thoughts, and in prayer, almost trying to argue with God that we shouldn't take this step. And I could distinctly remember saying, God, you can't want me to open my home to people who aren't part of my family yet and care for them. I mean, when I walk out the door of my home, I'm ready. I'm ready to serve and help and, you know, I'm gonna live on mission, but in my own home, you want me to give up the safety and the comfort of my own home? And I I can just remember struggling with that. And, And here's the thing, we have a national crisis and that national crisis becomes a local. In your city, there is a crisis. In your state, there is a real crisis. It's a crisis uh, that is impacting the foster care system. We have 440,000 children currently in the foster care system, and 20,000 of those kids will age out each year. Where does this come from? You have vulnerable children that come from broken or unstable family situations. Some kids are coming out of homes where the parents are incarcerated, others where there's just an unhealthy situation that creates a crisis, and those kids either need temporary support through foster care or long-term care through foster care. Some of them 
are going to age out of the foster care system. And many of them, because of what they've been through, they come into care experiencing trauma. And for that reason, they're dealing with detachment disorders, right, where they're struggling to belong. And if you, if you know anything about the foster care system, you, you also know this, that because these kids are the most vulnerable kids, as they age out, which means basically they reach the point of adulthood, and now their foster care system can no longer provide care for them, and now they step out into the big world without any support systems. They're on their own. They've aged out. And these children that become adults and age out of the system are the most vulnerable to human trafficking, to addictions, to poverty, and to prison. You want to cut off the pipeline to poverty and prison, addictions, and human trafficking? Like, you want to cut off the flow of people getting, ending up in human trafficking? Care for the kids in the foster care system and especially focus on caring for kids aging out of the foster care system. And you can, you can nearly not empty the prison system, but you can dramatically affect the number of people in America that are addicted and going into prison and in poverty. And so what do we do? How, how do we Get, become part of the solution. Well, that's what this For Our City series is about. It's a challenge to us to say that we need to become more aware of the crises in our nation and in our own communities and then become part of the solution. But one thing that I'm acutely aware of is that feeling like you don't belong is bigger than the foster care system. In fact, many people Maybe you haven't been through uh, the trauma of being disconnected from your biological family. Maybe you haven't, some of you probably have been in the foster care system, but maybe many of you, you can't relate to that. But you can relate to the feeling of not belonging. You can relate to the feeling of feeling disconnected from others. And even if you can't, maybe it's time that you do. We've been in this sermon series, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11. Now, the, the letter to the church, the Hebrew church, is in the Bible, and it, we don't know who the author was. It was. It's possible that it was the Apostle Paul or Apollos, but we do know that it was written to the Hebrew church. Some of the Christians were experiencing uh, they were being mistreated and persecuted. Others were being displaced from their homes, losing their jobs. They were being cruelly mistreated. Others, other Christians, um, were not, and they had a choice to make. Would they willingly identify with those that were suffering? Would they identify with those that were being disconnected and detached? Would they identify with the suffering of others? And this letter is written to encourage those that were willing to take a bold step of faith into risk-taking love. And so uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, we're given uh, a, a list of stories of individuals who are an example to us of what faith does, right? And so we're going to jump into the story of a guy named Abram, who God changed his name to Abraham. And so we're going to look at his story first beginning in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Here we go. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed 
and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Now, Abraham is an interesting character because he grew up in uh, what it's ancient times called Mesopotamia, modern Iraq. And his family is there and, God, and they, he grows up as a pagan. I mean, they worship the God of the moons and, and the sun. Like they, they just worship the stars. Uh, they're pagans. And, and somehow in the middle of being in the wrong place, worshiping the wrong gods, the God speaks to him and says, I want you to pack up everything and I want you to leave what is safe and comfortable and comfortable I want you to leave the familiar behind and I want you to go where you don't know where you're going. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you into a nation. And then he says this, why does Abraham go? Because he's looking forward to the city with foundations whose builder, whose architect and builder is God. So God tells him to get up and go and he leads him to a place where he's never gonna build an, a physical home, but where God's gonna give him a family. Now, Abraham and Sarah, God changes her name from Abram to Abraham and from Sarai to Sarah, and God gives him a promise. I wanna read to you the promise that God gave him. It's recorded in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, where God says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. He's saying, I want you to leave the safety and the comforts of the familiar to go to an unknown, unfamiliar place. But I'm gonna show you where to go. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all of the people on earth will be blessed through you. God speaks and leads this guy, Abram, who is far away from God, who is a pagan. God reveals himself to him and says, look, I I've chosen you. I'm gonna put my favor on you. You're gonna be my favorite. And I'm, gonna, and I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna use you to share my blessing with the whole world. Now, this story is included to the Hebrew church as an example of someone who by faith lived out risk-taking love. Well, what is that bold step of faith that we can live out that is risk-taking love? It's this, you and I are blessed to bless. That's right. You are blessed to bless. Now, I know that when you hear that, you think, man, I, I want to be blessed. Some of you, you're like, hashtag blessed. But most of us, when we think about blessed, what we think about is us experiencing something great in our life. Like you're on vacation and you're blessed. You, uh, maybe you're making a fashion statement and you're blessed. You got a new car, a new job, a spouse and you're blessed, right? Because it's about me and mine. But you notice in the story of Abraham that God's blessing is not about him, but about being a blessing. 
Now, most of us don't go through life feeling blessed. We have these little moments where we go, I'm hashtag blessed. Maybe you don't do the hashtag thing. You just, you like, you have this sudden moment where in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the mess, you have this moment where you're like, I feel blessed. But most of the time, we feel cursed. Like there's someone out to get us. Like we're, like we got the wind in our face. Like everything is against us. And it's not just a feeling. We really are cursed. The curse is a spiritual curse called sin. Sin lives inside of every one of us and it turns us away from God. And because sin turns us away from God, it turns us away from the blessing of God. And when you are not in the blessing of God, you live cursed. This spiritual sin that curses us, corrupts our life, it corrupts life itself and leads to forever death. That's the bad news. The good news is that the story of Abraham 4,000 years ago matters to us today. Why? Because God chose Abraham. God chose this guy who's from the wrong religion, from the wrong country, from the wrong people, and he says, I pick you. I chose you, and I'm going to bless you. You're going to be my favorite, and I'm going to put my favor on you. God decides to give Abraham and Sarah in their old age a son, a child, Isaac. And as, when Isaac grows up, he has a son, Jacob. Jacob has his name changed by God to Israel. That's right. Through Jacob comes the entire nation of Israel. Now, why does that matter? Because through Israel comes the Son of God, the Savior of the world, Jesus. And Jesus rescues us from our sin and gives us new and forever life so that anyone and everyone becomes like Abraham, chosen by God, loved by God, invited into the family of God with the favor of God on each one of us. That's right. You are adopted into the family of God through the faith of Abraham when you believe in Jesus. So I'm going to invite you right now. Maybe you've been on the outside looking in. Maybe you've been going through life feeling like the wind is in your face, feeling like everything is against you, and there's this deep inner feeling of a curse, and you want to be forgiven and given new life. That happens through faith in Jesus Christ. And you can make that commitment right now simply by saying yes to Jesus. And if you're making that commitment, regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've been through, maybe you've been in the foster care system and you feel like, man, no one knows me, no one loves me. Maybe you haven't been through that, but you have your own story of feeling rejected or betrayed or having no place to belong. I want you to know, that you are loved by God. You belong in the family of God, and we are saying, welcome home. And, and Lifehouse wants to welcome you home. I, I know you're joining us online. I know you're joining us through your phone or through a, a device, but we want to welcome you into the family of God, and we want to welcome you into the Lifehouse family, and so let us know who you are. Text the name Jesus to 81411. Maybe put something in the comment section. And I promise you, not only are we cheering for you, but we want to encourage you as you begin this new journey 
of faith in Jesus, where you are invited into the family of God, a family that began 4,000 years ago through Abraham, where he simply obeyed God by faith and God gave him a child in his old age. And because of that, we are welcomed into the family of God through faith in Jesus. Now let's jump back into the story of Abraham and see how that affects us today. Listen, when God speaks to Abraham, if you go to Genesis chapter 12, what does he say? It says, it reads this way. The Lord said to Abram, right? I will make you. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And he goes, and I will make you a blessing, right? What, what is the point here? What, you notice a pattern. The Lord said, I will, I will, I will. Here, here's the key. You want to know how you move from being cursed to bless? It's the Lord saying, I will. You are blessed by God. That's it. You're blessed by God. Imagine this. Imagine... <laughs> How do you receive blessing? Imagine that God, from the very beginning of history, was plotting and working throughout history to choose you as his favorite, to to choose you to bless you, that he wanted to make himself known to you. So like Abraham, God chose a stranger, God chose somebody who was far from him. So no matter what your religious background, no matter what your ethnic or racial background, no matter what the color of your skin, God knows you, God loves you, and God has chosen you, and he wants to pour his blessing in you. So how does he do that? When you believe in Jesus by faith, you are blessed by God. God puts his favor in your life. And so how does he do that? Well, when you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit comes into your spirit. His invisible spirit lives inside of your invisible spirit. And and you have this deep inner confidence that the presence of God is in you, right? Faith welcomes the presence of God into your life. And faith is the hands that receive the promises of God. Now you have the presence of God and the promises of God at work in your life. You have the promise of a home in heaven. You're living not for today, but you're living for eternity. But the blessings of God are not just waiting for you when you get to your heavenly home in eternity. God's blessing is with you right now. That's right. He, his favor is for you and his favor is on you. He gives you wisdom when you don't know how to make decisions. He gives you comfort when there's no one there to hold you. He gives you peace in the midst of your mental and emotional storms. He gives you peace when the world around you is in turmoil. He gives you hope in despair. He gives you promises when you feel like there's nothing to look forward to. He gives you a future both in this life and in the forever life. He is with you when you feel all alone. He puts his favor in every aspect of your life. You don't feel like you're rich financially. I want you to know that God can take the little and make it much when he blesses you. He can take a menial job and turn it into a life of purpose when he blesses you. He can take a broken marriage and turn it into a marriage full of joy and laughter. He can turn a fractured home into a place full of love. That's what happens when God puts his blessing 
on your life. And so I want you to, maybe you even need to shout it in your home. Maybe you're in your car and you need to roll down your windows and say, I am not cursed. I am blessed. That's right. If you believe in Jesus by faith, because of the faith of Abraham, you are blessed. You're blessed by God. Now, let's jump back into the story. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 and 9, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place where he later re- would later receive as his inheritance, right? So being the place that God called him to go was the promised land. Now, he would, even though he lived there, he lived there like a nomad. He didn't have homes, but years later, the nation of Israel would occupy that land as the promised land. They would build cities. To this day, the nation of Israel lives in that land. It's an inheritance. How? Because he obeyed and he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Here is the key. Obedience brings blessing. What did Abraham do? He didn't just hear from God. God said, I need you to get up. I need you to leave the safety and the comfort of the familiar. I need you to obey me and go to an unfamiliar place where you'll never build a home, but it will become your legacy. Obedience brought blessing not just to Abraham, but to his children and those children and their children, right? Like generations. In fact, not just generations, but 4,000 years later, we are blessed because Abraham obeyed. And that's the point. Abraham was willing to activate his faith and do what love requires. Take a step into risk-taking love. Obedience does what faith requires. What was asked of Abraham? (laughs) By faith, to trust God and obey, right? When we look around at the circumstances and the troubles all around us right now, we're like, I'm afraid. And we, we lean into safety and comfort, but God wants to pull us out of safety and comfort by faith to do what love requires, to activate our faith. It is not simple belief that changes the world around us. Simple belief did not pack Abraham's bags to leave Mesopotamia and go to the promised land. No, his faith became action through obedience to do what God asked. And some of you, you've been content just to believe, just to, just to like hold on to some conviction. But when you activate your faith, you do what love requires, you leave safety and comfort behind and step into the unfamiliar and the uncomfortable and pay the high price of love. Obedience brings blessing. It doesn't just bring blessing to you, it brings blessing to others. So in what way do you need to obey 
God. Maybe it's requiring you to be generous. Maybe it's requiring you to serve. Maybe it's requiring you to give. Maybe it's requiring you to love in a way that is uncomfortable. Now, listen, what happens when Abraham is blessed by God and obeys God, which brings blessing? It says this, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And so Abraham the reason he's willing to take this active step of faith is because he's looking ahead to his home in heaven, to a city whose builder and maker is God. But while he's still here, he's saying, God, I'm gonna go somewhere and I'm gonna do something so that the places I go become the kind of places where the builder and maker is God. I want my city to be a city whose builder and maker is God. While I'm waiting for my heavenly home, let me work in obedience to bring your blessing here so that my city resembles the city of God. So that my city becomes the kind of city whose architect and builder is God. Which means you are blessed to bless. Be a blessing. That's right. Don't hoard the blessings of God. Don't, don't hide God's favor. Here's the thing. Don't flaunt God's favor. Don't hide God's favor. Funnel God's favor. Think about it. You're not a cup to hold what God gives you. Even when you think about the one reference that maybe jumps to your mind when you think about a cup, it's found in Psalm 23 that the psalmist David is writing. He goes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Later in that chapter, he says, my cup runs over, right? In the, in the life of David, he goes, you didn't pour into me just to pour into me. You poured into me to spill it out of me. What fills? Spills, that's right. And so God doesn't pour his blessing into you so that you can be blessed. He blesses to make you a blessing. So in every way that you are blessed by God, you are blessed to be a blessing. Maybe your family is blessed by God. That's right. Your family is called to be a blessing. Maybe you're blessed with a home. Then open your home to be a blessing to others. Maybe you're blessed with skill or education. Then use that to be a blessing. Maybe you're blessed with joy. Then bring laughter to others. Maybe you have financial resources. And trust me, if you're living in America, then you are the 1%. How can you activate the financial resources God has given you to be a blessing to others in the church, through the church, in your neighborhood, and through your neighborhood. How can you use the skills, the abilities that God has given you to serve others? You are blessed to be a blessing. In what way can you be a blessing right now? I know that as uh, Gary and Megan Hoffman, as they were struggling with this challenge of should they leave the safety and the comfort of the familiar, that's the conclusion they came to. They were called and invited to be a blessing. Check out their story. It had to lay on our hearts for a very long time. Yes. We had to have the seeds planted several times and we had to really just think about it, pray about it. We let it go for a little bit and it always comes back to us. Obviously each year, Patrick talks about it. 
And then the radio. And then the radio ads come on. And then we saw something on TV. And there was a couple of famous people on TV talking about it. And then Patrick brings it up in a sermon again. And we said, you know what? Let's, Let's stop talking about it. So we got things ready. And the next thing we did was apply. And as we're... We applied, had to go through the process of many background checks. It was a journey to do that, but we finally got certified and we kind of waited for that phone call and we felt actually on our first call that we're gonna try it. And we took a leap of faith for sure. Today we are active foster parents. It has been a beautiful blessing to our family and to watch the children that we're impacting. This was right in our heart to do it and it's like anything else. Um, anything that's rewarding to you takes work. And I remember Kiki saying from her video, it was hard. And I'm like, ah, and we're right there. It's definitely hard, but there are moments where it all feels worth it. People always say, oh, they're so blessed to have you. And my response is, we're so blessed to have met yeah. the children that we've met the positives totally outweigh the negatives of doing this. It's, it's been actually pretty rewarding in the, you know, the, the infancy of us doing it so far. Doing something that, that may be hard or intimidating at times, you grow as a person. You grow in your relationship with God. You grow, we grew in our marriage. Our, we watched our children blossom by being faced with maybe something that was hard, but you just grow and you become blessed by watching impacting others. What a heart, right? That the Hoffmans were willing to take this bold step, already wrestling through their own challenges of, you know, health issues with their own child and and now stepping out. And some of you are going, how is that even possible? How, How could somebody do that? Because faith, when activated, becomes obedience to leave the safety and the comfort of the familiar and do what love requires. And when Hebrews chapter, when Hebrews is, the letter to the Hebrews is written, it's written to a church suffering. And then others who are willing to identify with that suffering. Now, there's another piece of context that you, you can't miss, especially when we're talking about foster care and adoption. And that is that this church that was suffering existed in the bigger context of the Roman Empire. So in the writing about Abraham and a family coming from what seems like the impossible, they're writing into a context that all the people knew about the Roman Empire which was they had a horrific track record with children. Now, part of that was that uh, about 40% of the children that were born died before they turned five years old. So they had a very high child mortality rate. But then even more tragically, children that were born, specifically girls and the disabled, were abandoned or killed. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, children that were abandoned were often scooped up by people who wanted to abuse and use them. So girls were used for sex trafficking uh, as prostitutes. The boys were taken and trained to become gladiators and labor slaves. But you know what began to happen? Churches like the Hebrew Christian church found these children and began to bring them into their homes. They began to foster them 
and care for them. And then many of them adopted them, calling them their own. Why? Because they remembered all the way back to Abraham, who by faith became a child of God. His family became the family of God, where every one of us are adopted into the family of God. And they said, hey, look, if we're adopted into the family of God, then let's become part of the solution in our own communities so that our city looks a little bit like the city of God. So we open our homes to those that are vulnerable and hurting. So let me challenge you, super practical. How are you blessed to be a blessing? What step of obedience is God calling you to take to activate your faith? In what way right now do you need to step from the safe and the comfortable into the uncomfortable of obedience? Some of you, I have been praying for you. I've been praying for you leading up to this sermon that some of you, wherever you are, whatever city you're in, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, you will get involved in foster care and adoption. 440,000 children in care right now who need homes. Many who can be adopted and who need an adoptive family. Would you take that bold step, at least prayerfully consider it? Maybe get involved so you can do respite care for the families that are providing care for their children. There's a way you can get involved. I wanna encourage you to take that step, but now let me take a moment and pray God's blessing over you as you prepare to be a funnel to direct God's blessing to others. Jesus, thank you that through you, we are blessed. You are the greatest blessing. God, thank you for blessing us, forgiving us, and giving us new and forever life. And so God, help us to be a blessing to others, to have an active faith that leads to obedience. God, we recognize that we are blessed to be a blessing. So God, give us the insight and that key step to take to be a blessing to others right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.